Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everyone welcome to the anfield index comic pod i'm Stu, and with me as always is rory hi mate how you doing i'm good and you yeah i'm really good glad to be back on yeah it's been a bit of a break and uh merry christmas to everyone and a happy new year we know it's been a little bit of a break but it's just been mad busy uh, it has yeah it has we can sit good to today we are actually joined by mr marco lopez hello and he is How going to be discussing all things Walking Dead seasons one to three with us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's would a pleasure. You, we, you, we know you've been chomping at the bit to get on. <laughs> Excuse the pun. But, uh, <laughs> uh, if there's a pun count, that's a one. It's one nil to you. <sighs> and uh, just before we do get started, obviously this shouldn't really need saying, but there will be possible spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen seasons one to three of The Walking Dead. But if you haven't, then what's wrong with you? You need to go and watch them now and then come back and listen to this. Well, in fairness, there's only going to be spoilers for, for those those two lads on the on, on the box pod because uh, Neil yeah. and Simon basically <laughs> yeah. basically slandered this show for their for their ignorance it's, and the, it's and an running feud I have with uh, uh, you know, with Neil in particular on on him calling it what does he say? East Enders with zombies. East Enders with zombies, which is just you know a disgrace. That's just bitchy. <laughs> this is dodge. Yeah, it's horrible. But in fairness, he's only saying that because A, it's not Smallville, and B, it's not got Erica <laughs> Durant or Kristen Croik in it. <laughs> they were quite obsessed. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that pod you did with them. Although, you know, Neil went out of his way to say The Walking Dead begrudgingly, despite the fact that it's the biggest grossing tv show of of the last i don't know decade two decades something ridiculous so yeah Stu, should we should we kick off yeah from the top yeah i think we should i mean the, the first thing i was just going to say is i would before this came out i was actually getting bored of zombies i thought it was really starting to get played out and this for me really really rejuvenated that yeah it's it's a funny one because i was the same actually it's because films have gone quite hand in hand with zombies for 
for a long period of time and there was a lot of B movies for plenty of years um, and then the kind of higher cinema caught on a little bit to the, the trend of it but it it's taken it to a another level really and it's become an absolute phenomenon because of The Walking Dead you know there's there's nothing else that's probably revolutionised TV in this kind of genre for for you know it's it's the biggest it's ever been and it's it's kind of kickstarted a new generation of, of of kind of horror fans and and yeah it's 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 good it's good for those because I'm not I would I wouldn't describe myself as a horror fan and it's 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 accessible for because of you know I I hate EastEnders but it's accessible <laughs> because it's got a bit of drama and it's not just about the zombies and that's what surprised me most about it when I first started watching it because I saw you know atypical zombie kind of fest lots of blood and guts and, and not much story not much depth but actually when you look at deeper into the into the comics obviously and and into the kind of source material and everything it's got a lot of depth it's got a lot of wonderful characters and storylines which which play out so well on the tv show yeah and it, like you said that there's a lot a lot more than you'd expect in terms of interpersonal stuff, isn't you? It's it's more about the people than it is. And for me, I mean, that makes it quite relatable because it, it sort of always got me thinking of, well, oh, I think that's what I'd be like or I don't think I could do the things that they've done. And yeah. I, I think that that's what's made it such a mainstream success is it's quite relatable. You, yeah. you look at the way certain characters like Glenn have developed. Glenn, over the course of the years, has gone from being quite shy and timid to being the absolute badass of the group. And that's quite conceivable that over four or five years, you would become that person. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of characters like that. Carol goes on to oh, be yeah. completely transformed. Um, and obviously, you know, we have Rick's kind of rise and fall and, and the rest of it that goes along with it. And and the good thing with something like this, I mean, Carl's not the most popular of characters, um, especially in the early years, but he's like a teenager now. I don't, he's probably 16 plus now, but you yeah, see that, yeah, you see him growing up, which is just remarkable. You know, So you watch these series and that's what's kind of relatable to it, that you actually see them develop and change in their surroundings and, and you see the kid grow up on set, which, you know, it's not quite boyhood revelations, but it's still, it's still pretty, you know, it's pretty prominent to see an actor develop and then not decide to, chop and change the years it's all very steady progressed yeah. so i think they take about six months do they give it a six months kind of timeline sometimes when they skip seasons and give it a bit of a yeah something like that six to nine months yeah and they, they kind of give it a bit of a, an interim and and at the moment they're trying to fill the void with with fear the walking dead which we might touch upon but we might leave for another day um what about you marco because obviously you're you're a big fan of of the whole genre really and, and the walking dead in particular it's funny because I never actually started like that. Uh, I've I've sort of kept away from zombies and and such things for for most of my life. And uh, even even when I've sort of gone into horror type genre stuff, whether it's uh, film or gaming, I've I've always sort of stuck to stuff that's not necessarily zombie specific. But um, but it's it, it's just it's just been very different. Now, 
basically what happened is the hype because uh, South Africa is always behind. Uh, so <laughs> the, the hype, the hype started when the hype started. Um, I think I think uh, uh, the broadcast we have that was showing the 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 show was at least uh, a few months behind where you guys were. Yeah. And I kind of heard about the buzz. I didn't really sort of look at it. But me being me, um, my my first adventure with The Walking Dead was actually through the Telltale game, and. Yeah. Which, which I picked up by accident because they made the very smart decision of making an iOS version, which I very ha- lazily played, except that I was really, really hooked. And, and the, 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 this is the big thing with me. So, so when I interact with this universe, I literally do look at it as the universe. I don't just look at it as everyone, a lot of people know it as a TV show. I know it as the three media because from the, the Telltale game, which I mean, I, I devoured episode one. There's another me- a pun for you. Um, then, then <laughs> I needed, you. <laughs> then I, I, I very quickly made sure that I got my hands on, 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 on a comic book somewhere. I managed to get hold of days gone by, which uh, wasn't very hard to get, uh, fun enough for, for an issue one of a series. And that was intriguing, especially considering obviously it's got a slightly different style being black and white and, and, yeah. uh, very, a fairly visceral comic book by, by other comics that I've, that I've sort of been exposed to. The, Eventually, I, I decided, okay, fine, Marco, give it a chance. Let's have a, let's have a look at this TV show. Watched My first episode that I watched was actually episode one of season four, um, which was a very strange place to start. I was intrigued, and then I thought, you know what? I've got I've to do this properly. So the opportunity arrived to, to uh, get season one from Amazon as a, as a gift. I got it. Watched the first season, was hooked, and you know th- th- this is the thing with me. When I commit to something, uh, people who know me will will tell you. When I commit to something, I just sort of jump in wholeheartedly, and yeah. it just it just got, got got deeper and deeper and deeper. I have to admit, my best experience of the of the universe is still through the game, and I'll wax lyrically about. No, I no, I get you with the game because yeah. um, the game, and I, I remember picking up the game, and it and it recommends you wear headphones. And I was yeah, like, that's, yeah. it's quite a strange thing for a game to kind of recommend. And and because it, it wants you to kind of completely immerse in the atmosphere and the surroundings. And the yeah. game is is truly excellent. The game, for anyone who's not played it, um, I played it on iOS and it, it looks amazing. Um, and then they've obviously released it across platform and it's kind of expanded upon still. But it's a, it's an interactive game. So it's kind of a, a decision making kind of game. And it's it's like those old school games. I used to love games like Island's Kids. Yeah, it's it's a bit like a modern Monkey Island and and those kind of things, and it, and it plays in that kind of way, um, um, and it's it's story driven, and that's that's a little bit the same with me. I, I picked the game up after I'd started watching The Walking Dead, but I was a bit funny with The Walking Dead because I was a bit reluctant to watch it. So I it came, it was on Channel Five in the UK. I think it still is. And it's on Sky Atlantic or, or one of those kind of things or Fox or something. Uh, and I, I watched it from the second season. So I, I, I turned on the telly one night and I was like, right, I'll give it a go. And it was the second season. I was loads of big advertising about it because I think the first season had done well, but it was a bit of a slow burner in the UK. And so I, I switched it on and I, I watched the first, series, uh, first episode of the second series where they've just come out of the... Oh, I don't remember where it is now, but um, they've just come out of that facility 
and they're, they're on the road. Um, the CDC, they, they've lived the yeah, CDC. Yeah. The, they've been the CDC, and they've just, yeah, and they've just just on the road, and it, it's it's quite a slow episode, but it got me really hooked because it was just like nothing I'd seen in a while. Um, and Carol loses her daughter. That's a quite pivotal moment in that episode where uh, Carol loses her daughter. And I watched it and went, this is really good. And I, I can't believe I kind of missed this. So I ordered season one um, from Amazon, who were getting a, a lo- lovely plug from us this evening. Um, <laughs> I watched the first series in about a day. I think I had some time off, so I watched it in about a day. And then I streamed most of the second series within about a week. So I'd kind of caught up first and second series in, in absolutely no time because I was absolutely hooked. And kind of very much the same when I start to watch something, I kind of go full full into it. And I've, I've dabbled a bit with the comics and only a little bit because it's tricky when you're watching a TV series and the comics are so kind of exposing of what's going to happen. And yeah. it's, it's a bit like Game of Thrones and things in that, that sense that I didn't really want to spoil it because the TV show is that good. You know, it, it, a lot of people are quite quite critical of it now because if they're big comic book fans, it's kind of diverted a little bit from the, from the past. But it's still, you know, you see the character development on screen. Um, and I love the script writing. There's a few episodes that are a little bit slower than others. We might talk about season two, but I think we should talk about season one and, and how much of an impact it all had. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you in terms of binge-watching and what have you. I think I picked it up after the first season had already started and a few people had said to me, oh, this is definitely the kind of thing that you're into. I was like, nah, I'm a bit bored of zombies now, but as soon as I watched one episode, that was it. I was like, it was so graphic and so gory, but also so real that I was I was all over it and I've been hooked ever since. But I, I've, I've got all three of the compendiums, which goes up to something like issue 150 of the wow. comics. And I'm afraid to touch them for the exact same as you. I'm enjoying the show <laughs> so much. I don't want to spoil any of it. And I know that at, at some point in the last couple of seasons, they've really started branching off. And there's some major differences, like Daryl doesn't exist in the comics. Daryl was a character solely created for the TV show. He was, yeah. Norman Reedus, um, I read this before, Norman Reedus um, originally auditioned for part of Merle. Dixon. Yeah. Um, he was rejected, but they said his audition was so intriguing that the showrunners created a part for him, which, yeah. which is which is good. You know, I've read that recently about, about something else, and it's nice that they're, they're willing to do that because I think when CV creators, and this is obviously, there's a lot of link between the comics and the, you know, the TV creators. They are closely combined, but I think they they know that they need to be a little bit different. And I think if it followed exact like for like, it's kind of one big spoiler. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so, it, yeah, it'd be boring. It, and, and it's predictable. I just wanted to say on that, like, it's not it's not uncommon in, especially if you think about a comic book genre for a character or a universe to be taken in slightly different directions by different mediums yeah, or different writers even. I mean, you have, I think, uh, for example, I'd, uh, my wife and I re-watching the Marvel, Marvel Universe again just because we felt like it. And one of the things in the special features was quite interesting. They... Uh, I saw this whole tangent about, uh, you know, the background of the Iron Man character and, and Iron Man, I think, Extremis is yeah. a whole separate series of it's, – it's like, from what I understand, it's an alternate take on the whole Iron Man story. But, I mean, th- that happens in comic books. So, the fact that you have quite seamlessly, here's the Walking Dead comic story, here's the Walking Dead TV story, here's the Walking Dead game story. I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. I, th- I think it's just and, – and, and then the funny thing is, look um, – 
as much as maybe the existence of Daryl Dixon and his continued existence is to some extent a network executive decision, possibly, the fact is he's a cool character. Oh, yeah. so. I think I think we can all safely say we're very happy that he exists. Right? Oh yeah. So, so I, I like. But, I think it, it shows the strength of the writers to yeah. be able to say to him, "You don't fit the character of Merle, but you clearly fit this show." Yeah. Like you said, it would be boring if you just translated the exact comics to a exactly. TV show. It's boring, it's predictable, and you've lost the audience. Anyone who's lost, the, who's read the comics might not want to see that blown up on a TV screen. Yeah, and, and I, it, I think the difficulty is with them is, is you know, everyone that, that reads the comics is basically already predicting what actor will play what role and yeah. who will fit their exact, what they look like from the comic to the TV series. And obviously there are some, if you look at some of the characters, certain fits about them that, that do fit in pretty closely to to their parts you know but a lot of the time they're trying to just branch out and maybe even if they do get their part then part of that script is then moved to a different person and they're expanding upon in that way so um i think we all would have been slightly disappointed if it wasn't oh, who's the actor that plays Mel? um Michael Rooker. Yeah, who's in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think if he wasn't in the series, it would have been a very dull. <laughs> you know, that, exactly. those first few episodes, he's just absolutely blinding. I was going to say, I, th- I think what's cool is, is you know, as long as they, they remain loyal to some of the imagery, and maybe this yes. is a nice way to segue into the discussion around season one, but like yeah. the, the impact visually of the bicycle girl. Is yeah. both in the first episode, the very first episode, as well as the very first comic, I yeah. think is important because of Rick's emotional reaction to to what he's seeing. Because uh, in the comics, it's not the first zombie he sees. There's a zombie that he comes across in in the hospital, as well as uh, in the cafeteria. Yeah, but in the TV series, it's the first zombie he comes across, and it's like. Come on, let's let's sort of think about the emotional impact of like it's a girl. You can see it's visibly, uh, you know, someone who's not a full full grown adult. So that that image is important, and that that's the kind of I think as long as uh, they they stay true to iconic imagery like that from the comics, I think that's what's important to to sustain. Yeah, yeah I think the other one from series one uh, most iconic is is the the horse riding up into. Uh, Atlanta, which is quite, yes. yeah. In, I mean, that scene obviously is the you know the tagline scene. It's it's the image of all the cars going out and, and it, it was the poster in. for the entire yeah. season, wasn't it? All yeah. of those deserted cars and then just Rick on a horse heading into just, it. You know, you just know. Yeah. yeah, 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 and you just know. I just, you just know what's coming in the city, and I think the innocence played, you know, so well in those first few episodes by Rick is is quite fantastic, really, because you know, it's it's when you when you watch a few of the episodes, it obviously shows a bit of the backstory, um, shows you know Shane and and Laurie and and Carl getting out of the city, but for the first episode, it's just Rick until he meets. Oh, I can't it's, remember anyone. It's, it's terrible. He, he sees Glenn, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he meets he, Glenn. He, he meets Glenn. Oh, he meets Glenn. He, he meets Glenn when he's in the tank, isn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He, he, he meets, he meets uh, Morgan, doesn't he, in the first episode of Morgan's son? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you're, you're right. You need him yeah. And I think so, Andrew Lincoln's a very, very good piece of casting. When I first saw him, oh, tell you what, what did you first think of when you saw Andrew Lincoln as the lead character? Did I think that put me off actually initially because I'd known Andrew Lincoln. He'd, he'd, he'd done a bit of TV work in the UK. He was on Teachers. He was Egg, really wasn't good. he? Yeah, yeah, 
that, that's what I just remember him as, as Egg. Yeah. You guys are going to laugh. This life. You guys are going to laugh at my, my only memory of him. Love my only memory of yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my memory of him because yeah, I, I I didn't get to see the TV stuff. So all I remember is him, you know, being this bastard hitting on his best friend's chick <laughs> in love, actually, with <laughs> this like very romantic like. And then you know, th- typically in a movie like that, your 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 other half is like sort of, why don't you do stuff like that for me? But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, it, but but look, I mean, I, I, I suppose a nice thing is I'd I'd sort of. You know, the, the first time I watched the episode again, episode uh, one of season four, he's he's already bearded. He already looks like completely yeah. different. I, I took a while to recognize him, and then like, oh, this is the same guy, really? Oh, okay, incredible. There you go. But uh, yeah, uh, I, so that, I, I thought that does show that if you if you go back and rewatch them because I, I have kind of I'm up to date, but I have gone back and watched I think one, two, and three. Maybe I need to catch up after that again and it, it does play out a slightly different way once you you've got to know the characters and, and got to know what they've become and it does have some playability i think a lot of tv shows you kind of you've watched it once and that's it do you know what i mean you've, you've got the initial hit and then there's no more depth to it but i think if you watch it again you you're slightly more interested by other characters in it because of the development and the stories they've gone on so carol's story in particular you know, yeah. Carol was quite nondescript in the first few, you know, in the season and, and maybe in the second season. And she grows pretty prominently. And, and, you know, I know we're not going on to four, five and six, but she, she does keep growing and growing as, as the kind of TV show continues. And you just don't expect it from her because she's just this kind of beaten housewife. And she's a kind of stay-at-home mom and, you know, didn't live much of her life. And, and, and you know, and then she's got to become a survivor and, and that kind of when you rewatch it, you get a, such a different sense of perspective. Um, where someone like Andrea is is quite a new face, and I know she was quite prominent in the comics, and they've taken her story uh, a slightly different way in the end with it. But she 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 was such an interesting character to watch initially, but then her story goes completely. You start to not like it because of you know who she's with really. Season one, yeah, it, it's it's episode one, waking up in the hospital. Initially, for me, 28 days later, but I don't know which came first. Did the Walking Dead comic come first? 28 or days. Did 28 oh, yeah, Days com- come first? Pretty sure 28 Days came first. Yeah, I think 28 later was. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, when, when I first read about it, I was like, they've just ripped that off. But actually, when you watch it, it's even more powerful than 28 Days Later, and that's that's a hell of an opening scene of any film. So what was your initial reaction, Stu, when you first watched it? Do you remember? Well, after I got over the, the casting of Egg, and the fact that he'd somehow been exported over to America instantly straight away I, w- I was really drawn into it literally within within minutes it just gripped me even though it was really slow yeah it was really quiet you already got the sense of the atmosphere of all the little noises and everyone knows in any tv show when it's quiet something's about to happen oh god yeah. and the longer it went on you're like something's going to come around the corner oh no it doesn't and then you just keep waiting and then when he sees bicycle girl that really was that for me that sort of set the stall out of how the show was going to be it was like right so it's a kid with half of her guts missing (laughs) this isn't going to pull any punches this is going to be really graphic it's not going to be very kid friendly and I sort of wanted it to be that I wanted it to be quite gross and one thing I want to do as we get a little bit further on is is maybe in the second half of the show for seasons four to six discuss some of the best zombie kills because I've got one <laughs> stuck in my head. You've been watching Zombieland, I've got one as well. And it, it's one of the Zombieland. best things that I've ever seen in TV. 
and obviously it's a Daryl one. It's yeah, mine's a Daryl one as well. I bet it's the same one. Screw it. I may as well just say it now. Do I can't it remember now, what yeah. season it's in, but it's when he's saving a family on a bridge and one of them has crawled through the yeah. back of the car. He grabs yeah. the zombie by the ankles and then traps his head in the boot door. Yes! And his That's head just one. explodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. It's absolutely brilliant. That It was like a balloon exploding. That's, yeah. that's mine as well. That yeah. is mine as well. Without a shadow of a doubt, that's the best kill they've done. And there are there are some hell of a lot of great zombies as well. Oh, I like think... my favourite zombies, the well zombie. Oh, the well zombie. Oh, that's disgusting. Disgusting, yeah. yeah. Horrible. Oh. Yeah, that was And all disgusting. of his entrails fall out in the water and they're all oh. like, shit. That and you saw that water. coming as well. You actually, I mean, it, it was completely yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and, and, and that, that's the funny thing about the show is that sometimes you get these uh, elements of like, you know, this is a bad idea. You know, this is going to go badly, but there's sort of an element of, well, fine, let's, let's watch it. Cause like, like the, just, just one piece of credit that I want to sort of, mention um yeah i think i think it's one of the things that i don't like about the flack the show gets is you know how people sort of moan about how predictable sometimes it might be or whatever the case may be and yet and and i kind of when i stop people remind them like this is the first show of its kind i don't remember any other zombie tv show and i I can think i mean what frank darabont the the first show and i must have gone through for four years pitching this concept yeah exactly being denied and being denied i mean for, th- th- think of it like this right if ant-man with respect to ant-man needed the backing of a significantly large marketable marvel universe for a movie to get made imagine how hard it is to get something like the walking dead which is at the end of the day adult themed lots of gore zombie kills it, you're trying to create a long-running series. It's all f- ultimately a, a graphic novel with a cult following, not like a mainstream following. No, no, no. It's cool. Very much cool. Yeah. It's a very hard sell. And I mean, the fact that it exists, like, yeah, like, l- let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate the fact that it is different. I'm not saying that other TV shows aren't, you know, that don't have their credit as well, but I think it's awesome that something this different exists in, 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 in our screens. Yeah, and you've got to think with that first season as well. They weren't working with a budget like a Game of Thrones. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the Game of yeah. Thrones bill probably just for their um, their costume wear is probably more than the acting and and all the all the work that's gone into Walking Dead. Because it, you've got to remember, it's like like you said, it's it's not it wasn't a hugely popular comic book. I mean, it it's obviously well known, well loved, well liked by a lot of people, and it's gone on for many years. But it, it's not mainstream by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. And we're not talking about a Marvel or a DC universe. We're, we're talking about a, you know, a very alternative, very grown-up theme. And and yeah, you've got to think, you know, even Frank Darabont for his wonderful exploits with Shawshank and all his connections in yeah. in Hollywood isn't going to be just, you know, he's going to be knocking on doors and trying to get this pitch sold to people. That's no easy feat. And yeah, it's it's kind of a miracle it's been made to an extent. And a lot of the actors are, you know fairly credible actors they're, they're not mainstream hollywood which you wouldn't want because if you, you're planning a long-running tv series you want people who are really committed to it which you can tell they all are because it takes up most of their their year really or at least six months of their year and it's 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 exactly you know well cast well shot but the zombies you've got to give it credit for all the makeup and the work that goes into it and the effects are excellent do you know what i mean it's 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 done as really feasibly as you you can do do you know what i mean and that's what Stu said before you you were saying about you you do immerse yourself in it because you do when you watch it go well if this happened tomorrow what 
would I do? Do you know what I mean? And you start to kind of get into a mindset because everyone talks about a zombie apocalypse, but no one ever does it well enough. And yeah. I don't think you can do it well enough in a in a in a movie because you've only got a couple of hours to play with, and you can't get that kind of sense of trying to adapt to life after the apocalypse. Yeah, do you, you know what I mean? You don't get the development, do you? you might have half an hour exactly. before an hour during and then half an hour to wrap it up at the end and in that whole time you can't formulate what I would do you know what would I do if my family were over there and I needed to get to them if I was stuck with my friends and one of them was useless but I, I find myself <laughs> thinking about these things pretty much every episode like yeah you, you know, do oh, what would I do you know if I was walking down this highway and I saw a prison you know I'd think a prison was a logical place to go to but, you know, I might have wanted to stay on a farm because the farm was out the way and all the rest of it. And it's hard not to. You're listening to the Anfield Index Podcast Channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm just having a quick look at the viewing figures now. Season one was getting 5 million viewers. At the end of season five, it averaged just under 15 million. This is just insane. Which for, for a show is like you say, it does have a CGI budget, but they try for the zombies, they try and use as much real makeup as they can. And oh, they, yeah. they only use CGI for things like there was one in um, a recent episode where one of them tried to get down the side of a truck yes. and the gap was too small and like it ripped his guts open. And, and I saw a video of behind the scenes of how they did that. And it's but like the CGI 90, is excellent. Do yeah, it's like I mean? 90, 95% real people just with a ton of makeup and latex and what have you on them. And then yeah. they just put the, the finishing touches on with CGI. And it's brilliant. You would think that it was huge chunks of flesh coming off and somehow they've got an actor walking around with half of his torso missing. I think we've we've said before, I think, you know, none of us are huge previous fans of kind of zombie movies and, and, and experts in that field, but I'm glad they're slow as well. I mean, a few of them have got a bit of pace. Yeah. Um, they, they've done well to not fall into too many of the classic sort of zombie B-movie pitfalls. Yeah, because I, I hate a fast zombie movie. Yeah, I hate it's unrealistic. Said, when they just all sprint. 
and it's just like they're decaying. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah, where, where's the muscle you tone? Know. They haven't eaten in years. How have they still got the muscle tone to sprint? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, that's one thing that people have picked up on. It's one of my biggest annoyances when people talk about it is the same. Oh, but they don't eat anything. How are they sustained? And it's like, if you want to watch real TV, you'll only ever watch documentaries. At the end of the day, it's about zombies. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt that there's a little bit of creative license going on. A lot of creative there is, license. But I was going to say, there is, there is also a, a slow decay. I mean, if, if you yeah. consider how dilapidated Michonne's um, Guardians are in season three. Oh, yeah. Think about that for a second and, and think about how like there's definitely a very clear difference. Uh, I had a quick little binge watch of season one today because that's how short season one is. Yeah, it's only and six, wasn't it? I was, I was like, I was quite like. I mean, case in point, Morgan's wife, very full figured. She looks. I mean, apart from the deadpan eyes, yeah. she kind of, she, she she kind of looks like she could pass for 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 almost human. I suppose. I thought you were going to say she looked kind of hot. I was getting really worried. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But that's that's kind of my point, right? Like a, a lot of the post-apocalyptic stuff, you kind of got to it's 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 the way the 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 stories are portrayed. You can't focus too much on 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 the elements of the zombies because the whole reason this thing is interesting that the, the zombies are just a vehicle to tell a story. Yeah, uh, to set the universe, and then if you think about anything in the post-apocalyptic genre, um, whether it's movies like, I mean, you can go into the like the technological side, like the Terminator, the Matrix, or stuff that's a bit more zombie-like, like Iron Legend or something, or even games like Fallout. All of it is interesting because of the universe and the characters you come across, and and what people do in 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 this kind of universe. It's very much yeah. so. Yeah, exactly. They're basically taking the the background, the zombies, is obviously a, a constant threat. But the biggest threat, as we kind of discover in season three, and as is kind of relevant throughout, is is humans, people, oppositions. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. It's and that's the thing. People are smart. People are deceptive. People are devious, and people want they want a different life for themselves post what happened. I think the big thing with season two is that when they do get to the farm, it's it's very much them trying to carve a life like they would have had. You know, it, it's, very, it's very idealistic, idealistic isn't yeah. it? It's, let's just forget about this potential end of the world. Let's grow our own crops and live a very quaint life. But... Yeah, because that's what Herschel had done on the farm. That's what yeah. his, his daughters had done. You've got to remember Maggie... It's a massive change in character when you watch Maggie's kind of journey through it all. Um, yeah, I didn't like I, her at first. She no, exactly. Very, most of Herschel's family, I thought, were very, very annoying. And I don't think there's any surprise to see that gradually, one by one, they've each been picked off. Yeah, Bess had a bit of a run, to be fair. And Bess was kind of becoming quite prominent. But um, I think we're going on to other seasons. So yeah. let's not talk about that. <laughs> just, just before we wander too quickly, before we cover season two, Yes. What would Marco? What would you say was your favourite scene, if you can, if you can say, of season yeah. one? Very easy. Um, I think it's it's sort of a combination of scenes, and it comes from the the very first episode, and it's Morgan's reaction to his wife. So first, you've got his wife approaching the door, which is in itself is a very eerie and creepy oh, moment. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then afterwards, the significance, and I mean, you only realise it two seasons later, but the significance of the fact that he can't shoot her and he can't take her life, which which in effect is not a life in itself, because I mean, she's she's dead, right? 
Um, yeah. It's such a powerful moment. And, and, and just in general, anything with Lenny James, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, you, you guys will discover later as we talk, but like – that 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 that's sort of um, a precursor to something I really enjoy later in season three. But his yeah, the the whole the whole sequence with his wife is really really powerful. Okay, what about you then, Rory? I, I I'm still very much the 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 scene riding into Atlanta because of Rick's kind of innocence to it all. I think he thinks it'll be some kind of barricade and savior, and he obviously runs into a massive horde of zombies. Yeah. Um, and then. And then the introduction of Glenn, really, because I, I love early Glenn. He's got a great level. You know, the, there's a last line of that episode um, where he comes on the calm after Rick gets in the tank. And it's just a great little introduction. And he's got a good bit of humor about him. And he's a really good kind of early character. And it's it's nice when, because Rick's obviously been quite isolated, you know, um, and it's it's nice when he, he, you know, joins the community as such. And then you kind of, the other good scene is obviously when they, uh, cut open the zombies and they they walk through the oh, streets, yeah. which is 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 quite brilliant. And then when it starts to rain, See, that, um, that, that's one of those scenes where I, <laughs> I found myself sitting there thinking, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could be there smearing oh. wasted guts all over myself. But then you think, well, it's either that or die. Yeah. So it's it's that that survival instinct, isn't it? Yeah. But my, yourself, I, I'm, mate, I'm just going to say a, a very very quick one. When they go back up to the roof to get Merle and they just see his hand. Oh, I yeah. love that because it's one of those things you're thinking in the back of your mind, he wouldn't. He wouldn't actually do it. And then sure as hell, he does. And, and again, like you said, that's, that's the one. It's, 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 it's that difference of survival. And, and, yeah, you know, I mean, he, it, he's, he's no sucker. Him and Daryl have obviously had a, as we find out over the series, they've had a really hard childhood. They've had a really oh, yeah. hard life and they've only ever had each other. So he's got he's obviously got a very strong survival instinct and he thinks it's either lose a hand or get eaten and turn into a zombie or turn into zombie food and it's yeah. a no brainer. But you just sort of think of the struggle to actually go through that. Ugh, it's one of the, it, it's powerful for me because of what you don't see rather than what you do see. Yeah. It it's all then imagined or the gore and the screams and what have you. Ugh. And would you do it? I'd like to think that I would be able to, but realistically, I'm a massive fanny, so I'd probably pass out. <laughs> but it's, it's I, I love the fact that, uh, that 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 comes up several times in in the game. It comes up several times in the in the in the show. Obviously, yeah. uh, it comes up quite uh, quite candidly in the comic book uh, as well for for something that that I assume people haven't seen actually happen on the screen there's a, there's a, there's sort of a very marked difference between a certain character in the comic book and the and the tv show which uh, uh, i think you guys know what i'm driving at yeah yeah <laughs> yeah won't, won't, so. won't go into that one <laughs> no no we won't cool okay i think we've uh, we've moved nicely on to well, i mean we've already moved into season two yeah so they've uh, they've moved away they've made their way up to herschel's farm yeah, so Carl, early early doors is uh, um, Sophia goes missing. It's the big one. I think what we said uh, before we started to chat really was that season two is is slow, um, and I think when you go from six episodes to I'm not sure how many was in season 13. two, but thirteen, yeah, um, is a massive change in dynamic because if they're going to be at the farm the whole way through, it's then about you know development of characters in more 
detail a little bit because obviously in the first season you're only just getting to know a few of them and it's also about you know Sophia going missing Daryl's kind of way of of settling back into the group because obviously Daryl very much um, almost turns on him in season one when finds out that they left Merle and he's gone missing and and that's a very different Daryl if you watch it back than what you kind of get to in the later series Um, but yeah season two starts on the highway um, Sophia goes missing and then it moves on to Carl getting shot which is quite the biggest part of that opening kind of few episodes I think yeah I I was disappointed that he didn't die (laughs) because at the time I really hated Carl and it I remember when it first started every week there was an there was some kind of instance of Rick tells Carl to stay somewhere or to not do something every single time he does it and you just thought, you know what, natural selection's got to kick in. And I actually thought that that was going to be the end of him. I thought they were just going to kill him off. I think Carl, for the longer term, has got a very great part to play in The Walking Dead. And I, I think... now understand that having, I've not read the comics, but I know what his arc in the comics is. So Yeah, and I think, he's got I think to with stay. Carl, I think he's got to stay. But I think also, as I said before, he has kind of grown into it. And you've seen grow up a little bit. And he has, you know, I think he's kind of had some decent enough storylines to, to work with and you know ch- children actors are tough to come by you know it's 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 tough to make sure they're not annoying <laughs> which, yeah. he, which he is um, in fairness as he's got older he's got less annoying and he's actually developed into a reasonably stable character now and yeah. more in the sort of last two seasons he's he's actually started getting some good arcs i think his most important arc in the first half that we're looking at was with his mum yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was very much that was I think his, his, his demarcation um, point between. And we haven't really um, talked about it, but Shane is is the pivotal probably yeah. character in the whole of season two. To be honest, yeah, I, I yeah. was a bit I was a bit disappointed about the way they handled him. I I thought we might get to see more of him once he's turned. I mean, what about you, Marco? Do you are you a are you a fan? Well, uh, the, 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 there's two comments I'd make. The one is with regard to Shane is that I just I just think, and it's a comment just generally for the first half of season two. I just think you know th- th- there's a lot of waffle and there's a lot of a few things that don't need to take as 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 long as they do, yeah. uh, because they almost try and explore all the supplementary characters a little too much. And I think one of the things they don't do enough of in the first half of the season, ironically, is either you know make things quicker or kill people off quickly. Because yeah. that's kind of the, you kind of almost need to say, look, we don't need to spend sort of episodes working on character X's story arc. Because, like, as an example, Dale's moral compass is pretty well established. Like early on, you oh, don't yeah, need to spend several episodes yeah. to, to to sort of quantify that. I think w- with Shane, it's 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 already evident by the end of 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 the first season that that he's sort of really conflicted between. How he feels about his best friend, how he feels about his best friend's wife, and yep. sort of you know the, the 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 leadership aspects. And I think if you if you kind of figure out a way to shorten up the the first six episodes, I think it is, and then go straight into the Shane that that takes the bull by the horns and opens the barn, like like that episode and that particular moment was really oh, powerful. Yeah. That's that's the kind of thing that I liked about what they were trying to do with the character. But there's a lot of details before that that don't need to take as long. Another one, another example of it where it works is is where he and Rick take uh, I think it's Randall off I think 18 miles out or something is the name yeah, of the episode, yeah. and then they end up in a spectacular fist fight. And I mean, like that's a, that, that episode worked, but like there were other 
moments are just laboured. Yeah, didn't they? They go to a pub. Herschel hits the bottle again at one stage, and yeah. end up in a town, and that's drawn out again. You, the, the problem with it is, it's often a whole episode spent with not much happening until the last maybe five minutes. And I think what season one maybe showed is that you could probably have concise that all into about six episodes in season two and had had as much of an impact as you had. And the second half of the season did kick on and you did get to know the right aspects of the characters. And, and Shane, you know, does become such a jealous figure and such a bitter character and he's so conflicted. It's really well acted. I think he's, he's gone on, um, I'm not sure his career pre-Walking Dead, but he's he's forging a good career for himself. You know, lots of kind of cameos in films, but John Purcell's, it's it's a good casting, I think, and I think he's yeah. he plays it well. And obviously the the, the prominent scene is, 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 is right at the end, but, you know, the, the whole baby baby scandal, is it his or... Yeah, that, that wasn't the kind of thing that you typically get, is it, in a, a post-apocalyptic zombie thing? You don't expect to get a... A love triangle with a who's the baby daddy and yeah, that's the beast enders when we put it that yeah. way. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then of course my one of my favourite bits of of season two was the introduction of Michonne, which was yeah. brilliant because her, her whole image, the the hood, the the walkers on the chains with the arms taken off and the jaws broken, and obviously the katana, which anyone will admit is the best zombie weapon. Oh yes, it's the best, and there's no surprise that she's just the most ass-kicking character up until she's half the cgi budget right there <laughs> yeah, yeah essentially yeah but she she's so well cast it's you know and i think michonne was the big one that they were you know the, the fanboys of the comics fans were, were worried about and i think you know there's still some you know she she plays it really well and she's got an interesting backstory and it, it, they you were saying before right. about the iconography and the the way the two look they got Michonne on the TV show very, very, very close oh, from yeah. what I've seen to how she looks in the comics. So they obviously realised that this is one of the characters that could make or break the fanboy vote. Like coming into the later series with like the governor, they had to get the governor right for the same reason. Otherwise, people would just think, oh, well, you've just cast it because he's like a really handsome actor or something or because he's the director's mate. So they have it looks like with those two, they've tried to stay really, really true. Yeah, I, I think they have tried to stay really, really true. I think I think there's certain characters. I think what it, it's notable is all the initial characters are, are one way, but when they're introducing a, a, a quite large character, you know, a, a well-known, prominent character from the comic books later into the series, they feel like they have to kind of get that right. And and you see it a little bit later on with some of the other ones they've introduced. And um, you know, I think Herschel. I think hugely prominent in the, in the TV series for me um, kind of takes over the moral compass, but he's also, I don't know, he's such a kind of uh, brilliant figure throughout. He's kind of, he becomes the kind of father figure, the kind of granddad, the mentor within there. And yeah. I think he's, he's really good and extremely well acted again, casting wise. I think they said he turned up for, it was either season three or season four and he'd just grown his beard and grown his hair out and they just went with it. Because he just looked more like 
you know what you'd what expect. expected. You know, I think that's what shows about the actors is is a lot of them really do get into their parts. It's 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 such a big part of their lives, as I said before. They're they're literally on set for months and months. I think six months of the year, probably they're involved with it. It is um, very immersive, isn't it? It must be hard to 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 do that kind of a role and then go home and literally wash off what you've been doing that day because. It's I suppose it's like you've already made a couple of references to Game of Thrones. It must be that sort of thing where it's very you're living in a bubble for six to nine months and you must yeah. just forget everything else because you've got to be this one person yeah. in a post apocalyptic world covered in well. blood. Yeah, it's when the prominent films like Lord of the Rings was very much the same. It's it's the project <laughs> of going and living in another country for for years, having brief spells in between, and literally giving up your life for X amount of time. There's a lot of commitment involved, and The Walking Dead's so huge now that I mean, obviously that I've never seen a TV series that that have got so big over the this is coming up next week and people dying out for spoilers and, 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 you know, the cast are all pretty famous in terms of being on all the American talk shows. And it's a hugely prominent thing. I never, ever watching it thought it would probably reach these kind of heights, but it relates to a lot of people. We keep saying that, but it, it really does connect on the right levels and people, you know, some people kind of moan when it's not on the gore and not on the violence. And then some people moan when it's, it's the other way and there's just too much of it. So it's hard for them to get the balance right. But I think on, on merit, you know, the writing throughout and the directing throughout, they use a lot of good, interesting directors for, for different episodes. And you can kind of see that when you, when you look through the directors and see their kind of the way they direct it and the way they work it is, is the big episodes. Some of them are always directed by the same people and they absolutely yeah. nail it, especially mid season breaks have become quite a prominent thing mid season and last episode of the season. Yeah. Um, really, really prominent in walking dead. Cause everyone's then waiting six months for, for round two, you know? So any, any prominent scenes that are a favorite yours, Marco? It has to be Sophia emerging from the bond because mm. I think from there, that's the, uh, it, Fair enough. It's sort of it, it's it's part of the the first half of the arc that that maybe takes a bit long, but that that poses such uh it, it throws a cat amongst the pigeons because it immediately yeah. uh put, puts something psychologically in the hands of everybody. Rick is the one who steps up to take responsibility for putting her away, so to speak, and and you've also then got you know sort of harder fits the rest of them. Um, because everyone sort of starts melting down from there. You've got Herschel who goes and drinks. You've got Carol who enters a whole other sort of secondary level of, of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Mind you, I think, they, I think they all just have it. Um, you then have uh, – then Carl goes and tries to get this little hero complex, uh, which then leads him to not kill a certain zombie who then kills Dale. And it just – you know, it, it sort of cascades from there in 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 a very compelling way. So it's 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 got to be that moment for me. Yeah. What about you, Rory? Um, I've got a couple. The one I I liked, and I can't remember who he is, but he's 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 on the farm. The quite chunky chunky fellow, Otis, um, Otis who, who who shoots Carl, and then yeah. goes to the gym hall to get the medicine. Um, him and Shane. Um, and there's, it's quite a tense scene, and, and there's not been that much action for quite a period of time. So the kind of reintroduction of zombies, and they've got to kind of sneak through the car park. And then when they're on the escape, you, you know the look in Shane eye, Shane's eyes of what he wants to do. Um, and he ends up, you know, offing him. And, and that's the kind of turning point for Shane, because you knew he had it in him. Yeah. 
but it's quite uh, it's quite a big moment. He just you know, and that guy doesn't you know doesn't go without the fight. Do you know what I mean? For a big guy, he still he still you know goes goes down fighting. But it was it's a, it was a good scene and it's a good turning point for Shane. And also uh, the the big one is when the the horde. I mean the last episode really, but when the horde attacked the farm. And it, it, you know, the the farm's on fire and the barn's on fire, and it's it's very much, you know, obviously it culminates in in Shane and Rick confronting each other. But um, but that scene when they're driving around on the, the back of pickup trucks and trying to take them out, and they just realise it's it's gone. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 just it's good because you, I think, having been on the farm that long, you were kind of ready for it to to move along in terms yeah. of the story it, and obviously you knew what was going to happen so. it, it was a natural time for them to move on they, they were just starting to get their feet under the table weren't they and they, yeah. they sort of needed something to remind them hang on this isn't real life this is the end of the world so i'm i'm gonna go for uh seeing as the sophia one's already been said i'm gonna go for shane dying because I thought that that was quite good. Uh, the fact that Carl is the one that actually does it. Yeah. That that was Carl's sort of maybe his first step into actual manhood. The fact that he has to protect his dad. But then that what that starts that because that attra- that gunshot is what attracts the horde, isn't it? And that's when all hell starts breaking loose. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the kind of start of when Ricky's a changed man as well. You know. So yeah. it's I know it's obviously huge in there in the way that Rick is developing, but that's the big, the big moment. So, um, yeah, that's, it does. I mean, season two has its doubters and, and, you know, I, I can understand, um, but I can still see the, the relevance of it. And I think it could have been condensed, but I still think the right kind of characters come out of it. And, and, you, you know, still, it's still got worthy moments. Yeah. And then it, it sort of, it breaks for a few months, doesn't it? Uh, they've all they've all escaped the farm, or we think that several of them have died, and no one really knows what happened to Andrea. Yeah. And then the uh, they stumble onto the prison. Any any thoughts on that? Anyone? I just thought the prison. If we're talking about iconic nature, I thought the prison looked exceptional. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. looked it looked like you'd want it to look, um, and it was. Yeah, it was exciting actually the prison because I I just thought this is what the hell's going to happen next. Do you know what I mean? Because I really wasn't that down at that stage with the comics. I don't think, and I was really just kind of not knowing what to expect. And you also got the other end of it because Woodbury was introduced, and that's the uh, picket fences, you know, white picket fences, picture postcard kind of village town, you know, which is just so contrasting to the prison where they're like breadline compared to luxury so it's it's i liked season three a lot yeah uh, marco yeah i i, I like the prison arc and and obviously the the it was a very interesting place and a lot of interesting things happened three of my favorite episodes uh happened in season three and especially the one the the, the bedlam in, in killer within that's episode four where t-dog is killed um carol disappears yeah uh, and I mean that episode is just completely sort of uh, brutal in terms of what what happened. Uh, the only thing that bothers me about the prison arc, so to speak, is the fact that it involves a, a deviation. I, I don't want to say it's a deviation from the comics in in the sense that you know they mustn't stay on the comics for the comics' sake. But I just the, the, there's certainly a sense within season three, especially the last episode, that it didn't maybe end in in the way that it should because even though uh, the governor is easily my favorite 
sort of one of my favorite characters in 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 the whole series and david morrissey my one of my favorite actors in the series for that reason i just i just felt like you know especially knowing unfortunately how that arc wraps up in the comics you almost feel like they maybe for the sake of milking that set a bit longer in season four not to jump too far ahead you kind of feel like they did they, 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 they labored the prison a little bit too much in in that respect but but having said that like there's so many amazing things that happen in 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 the prison and, and in the whole arc of of, of characters and and, the, and and especially um uh one of the things also an adventure is also about the fact that uh merle's return to the group yes Merle suddenly assimilating back into the prison because like all those episodes uh, uh glenn and maggie being abducted it's just there's tons of really really good stuff that happens in this season yeah yeah i i think it's a it's a i think it's i mean season one i i adore but i think season three just kind of kicks it on a level and 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 david morrissey is, is, is a massive massive part of that because He's just the perfect villain. He's the perfect bad guy. Yeah, and I he think is. if you're in, a, if you're a fan of this kind of genre, we we we're talking about obviously comic book genre and, and this kind of kind of element of everything. It's you've got to admire a good villain. You need a good villain to make things work. Mm. And I think I think he just takes it up a notch. And and his interaction with Andrea and winning her over, where he's been shown extremely skeptical. Um, the whole kind of Woodbury. You know, I think that season you find out is, is obviously his daughter's died and he's keeping her kind of locked up. And yeah, he, still, he keeps her still, in a cage and is still brushes her hair. And you just see that kind of turning point of, of what is a a grieving father, but also a, a kind of dictator. And he's, you know, he's he, he wants to make the most of his life after the apocalypse, and he, you know, wants everything to work, but he doesn't want anyone else in his area it's his do you know what i mean he sees that area sees the prison as his and and ultimately wants to to go and kind of take back over it so um yeah i'd, I'd love season three um herschel losing a leg it's quite a quite a big thing that that was one of the one of the best scenes for me because it was so yeah. so sudden it, it was literally wasn't it? it was like we need to do something about this and then his legs lopped off there's no no fucking around it's just it happens, but it, yeah, the governor for me was the highlight of the whole season because he's such a convincing bad guy. And again, talking on a on a real level, you know that if there was a post apocalyptic world, there would be people who were doing this, who were viewing it as a, as a clean slate, thinking, well, previously I was a nobody, but you know, I fancy my chances around the the small pockets of people that have survived. They had the the equipment, they had all the guns, they had a very fortified town. They had a lot of military vehicles, didn't they? Like jeeps and stuff. So yeah. they they obviously had a bit of an upper upper hand on what the rest of the groups had, where most of them were lucky if they had half a dozen guns between them. Yeah, so and he, uh, there was an episode convincing. where they where they obviously gunned down the military and, and take all their weapons. And, yeah, yeah, where um, they were playing possum in the middle of the road. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, he's clearly not afraid to do that, and he's clearly got men at his disposal that are willing to to kill you know and it's it's a it's a brilliant season and, and everyone wanted merle back and and obviously plays a pretty pivotal role and then we get zombie merle zombie merle yeah, yeah. Zom- zombie merle was really good it was when, when daryl actually has to put him down that was uh that was tough that was really tough again that that was another sort of moment for for daryl 
in terms of development because then he was completely on his own. He's got nobody left. Yeah, it let Daryl kind of grow into being because he's he's the kind of number two in charge, really. Yeah. Well, he he was at different part times, but it, it it kind of changes a little bit. But um, yeah, I think he found you see that kind of mutual respect between him and and Rick, and it started. I think even in season two, probably started to grate on Shane a little bit. Um, but Daryl was obsessed with getting Sophia back, and it kind of, kind of took away from his development and story a little bit. But this kind of kicked him back on again and yeah even even you know the first couple of episodes where they're taken over the prison um i think at the end of episode one do they find the prisoners at the end of it I think. Yeah, yeah yeah they were all locked up and and obviously then they go off to try and with the prisoners to try and take over and safeguard the rest of the prison um and the prisoners at first just have no idea it's it's again it's an introduction for them to what their world's become do you know what i mean because they've been locked away from it all um and they start kind of hacking at the bodies of of the zombies and and not knowing what to do and um and kind of you know uh, you know it's it's an innocence at that stage but their leader um is ultimately out for rick and that becomes a bit of a a prominent part for the first few episodes. That's um, um, Andrew, is it, the leader? Is it Andrew? I can't it's, remember his it's name. It's initially the, the Hispanic guy called Tomas, if I, if I recall. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then Andrew, Andrew's the one who escapes. Who, Andrew's uh, the one who he he's locks the out one. and he thinks he's going to, obviously... He's the one yeah. who's letting the walkers back in, isn't he? He's the one that sets yeah. the alarm off yeah. the compound. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, That's when all, all hell breaks loose in, in episode four. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, we had um, we had Laurie going into labour, having Christ, an emergency section. Yeah, that episode is something else. That was uh, very heavy, very yeah. very heavy episode. That yeah, and then obviously Rick pretty much loses his mind for yeah. a spell, um, and he's uh, I don't know the phone ringing, imagination, and and um, finding the uh, the zombie with a very full stomach. Um, yeah so it's but yeah again that's a big thing for carl and yeah season three is great I, it's one of those things that i kind of want to go back and watch season three now to be I honest. must admit I'm, I'm i was thinking about going back and starting the show again but i'm thinking i really want to go back to season three in particular yeah because it's it just really- purely because of the governor and we started we started learning a little bit more about michonne didn't we because she saved andrea and those two are sort of forming a little bit of a relationship, but then Andrea literally falls into bed with the governor. Yeah. And all the stuff with the, then the governor tries to kill Andrea and well, he doesn't try to kill her himself. He gets one of his minions to do it and yeah, it all, becomes, yeah. all hell breaks loose again. It does. Yeah. It does. It, 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 it's it's a season with a lot of uh, uh, sort of interesting set pieces around. What I what I liked uh, about the season and, and sort of the way the governor's portrayed is, it's that there is a consistency with the comic book in that he's he's not really the best military leader, but he is definitely a, a political wrangler and he's got a lot of charisma in the right moments. So Very much so. The way the way that he charms people into Woodbury, the way that he charms people to do certain things for him, but even sort of a, his attack on, on, on the prison is sort of audacious in that he's just clearly thinking about brute force and, and, and nothing else really. He's not sort of this uh, this intriguing tactician. He's got but all the hallmarks, the, hasn't he, of a convincing yeah. dictator. He's got the yeah. charisma, but he's also got that that ruthless streak of well, sometimes you just need a tank. Yeah, but 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 he's also vicious. Like I, one of the moments I, I, I love uh, about it is is the way that he handles in 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 the season finale Milton's betrayal. So 
So the fact, number one, he stabs him. Then yeah. he says a really iconic line, you kill or you die, you die and you kill. And he basically sets it up that Andrew's going to be killed by zombie by Milton, Milton. Yeah. yeah, which is just like insanely cool. But then the, 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 that's like really well juxtaposed. Like as soon as you see um, Andrew sitting with Milton to try and dis- – with that old guy, I can't recall his name, trying to see if zombies can remember themselves after they pass. Yeah. So there's yeah. this old guy in, in, in the chair and uh, or in the bed and they're waiting for him to, to turn and then out comes some music and they're trying to like sort of – it's obviously all centered on the governor's daughter because the governor's trying to recapture his daughter in some respect. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I mean, the only thing that, that I think is more powerful than all that in season three is, is the episode clear with, uh, with Morgan. Yes. Where the, those lines and those lines about, you know, the good people will die, the bad people will die, but the weak will inherit the earth. It's, I mean, Lenny James acts the, acts the shit out of that. It's amazing. It's just it, – that episode will, like, stay with me throughout the series because it's just so, so, so powerful. Oh, I'm, I'm you, definitely you, going back and rewatching the series now. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> I love done. that episode because Rick kind of just felt the need. You know, he's he kind of – he's made his word, you know, and he, he wants to go back and, and help Morgan. And um, Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a very powerful episode. I think you'll discover, Marco, recently there's another um, – and no spoilers, but there's a new, another standalone Morgan episode quite recently oh. in season six. And it's, yeah. it's again, really powerful stuff. So It, it was very divisive, that one a lot of people liked it because it, it adds a lot of substance to morgan but, but i think cleared was the same ranged. at the time because i think yeah. season three was cleared completely went away from the storyline yeah. Um, yeah and it took yeah. an episode away from what was happening and i think i like the fact that walking dead's got the balls to do that because yeah. everyone's going oh next week are we going to find out about this person we're we going to find out about that person we're we going to find out about this what's going to happen and then they just completely throw a curveball and go no you're not finding out for four weeks you're yeah. gonna have to you're just gonna have to it's that anticipation building it but is good writing you need you know? to don't you they've got such a huge cast you can't just introduce a relatively i mean for all intents and purposes morgan came in and he was like a new character wasn't he yeah. You can't just reintroduce him and then just go, oh, well, that's it. He's just He's been away for this many months or this many years, and he's just back. So you yeah. have to go back and flesh out the bones a little bit. Yeah, no, they they, they really do, though. They're, they're very good at their, their writing. You know, we talked about the writing, and there are some criticisms at the time, but they do plan ahead. I mean, we talked a lot on the, the first kind of podcast we did about the way that, you know, a Marvel universe or, a, a, you know, potentially DC would, would, would plan ahead with what they're going to introduce, would drop subtle hints in there, would, you know, drop kind of, you know, ideas about what's going to happen in the future and kind of keep you guessing a little bit. Um, the clever thing with The Walking Dead is they'll often subtly have a few plays on what the comic book was going to do to a character and then they'll just reverse it slightly. Um, and they yeah. know they know people are looking out for those things. And it's just good script writing. And, and they know, I think the good thing about The Walking Dead and the good thing about series that do have a good source material is that they are planning for the long term. I think when you look at some of the TV programs that lose their way after two or three seasons because they were initially planned to be two or three seasons and they got popular. So they had to keep going. Whereas the walking dead was always going to be a longer term project. So they already had the source material and the scripts and and things in the back of their mind, probably as as to what they were going to work on when it got popular after season one, particularly they they knew it was going to be a long running TV show. And I'm sure they've already got in their mind 
where it's going to go and how it's going to wrap up eventually. So it's an extremely well done, delivered series and and one that has kind of changed certain aspects of TV and people will try and copy and replicate and, and probably fail to do so because it is, it is magnificent in my yeah. opinion. Uh, just being conscious of time and bearing yes. in mind, we, we could very easily go to seasons four to six, but we'll save that for another day. Very quickly, Rory, um, any standout scene or moment from the series? I said before, I think Herschel's leg coming off was quite quite big for me, just because you then realised that actually, all right, they couldn't fight it, there was no solution to it, but they could keep someone alive. And it just gave them a little bit more little bit of control back and and in in the smallest possible sense but um but that was that was the one that kind of hit home with me but there's there's loads more you know season three is huge yeah uh marco it's clear it's morgan because the the reason is simply because that that's the he's he he's really interesting because of the way that that um you you relate to him whether you want to be him whether you think you might be like him you know because a lot of his reactions are 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 a lot more tangible and real. Uh, one of the most compelling parts of, the, of that episode is the fact that you see Dwayne died in huge letters, uh, or Dwayne turned sorry in huge letters on 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 the wall. And you know Rick obviously remembers this, and and you can uh, when you find out why, it's it's so compelling because you you sort of start putting yourself in that situation. Would you have pulled the trigger in in the very first episode? Yeah. Because if you would have, your son would still be there. And and that's like it's it's really when you think about it on that personal level. That's why I love the game, by the way, because the game kind yeah. of puts those moments right on you. It's 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 so so powerfully compelling. Because and and that's why that's what I like about the fact that when even even the bit parts uh, uh, characters. Uh, fair enough, the show gets some criticism for sort of how the bit bit part characters written. But Morgan is proof that you can you can give a guy sparse scenes and and, and write him beautifully and and act him. Fantastically, and then and then you you put across the right stories, and that for me is what this apocalypse is all about. It's 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 what people are they find the limits of what they're capable of, and and the torture there. I mean, Morgan's alive, right? But he's no more alive than those pe- than those zombies out there that he that, that he protects himself from. Yeah, because of who he's lost, and that's that's what's powerful. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to do a very very quick one for me. It's zombie Merle. Merle coming back <laughs> was what everyone wanted. Yeah, and to to have to be put down by his own brother was slightly gut wrenching as an as a, a viewer, but thinking of it from from Daryl's point of view, but he knew it was the right thing to do. He couldn't let his brother carry on like that. And a side note for Mill's knife hand, which was brilliant, it was it was like his own little Inspector Gadget moment. He just needed more attachments, like an egg whisk <laughs> or a Hoover attachment. <laughs> He could have he could have been the ultimate zombie killing machine, but he he was probably handy in the kitchen anyway. <laughs> and I, I think on uh, on that Too note, much. I think we've uh, I think we can wrap that up quite nicely. We can, yeah. As we said, we're going to revisit it in the future. It'll be some way down the line, but um, we're going to when season six ends, we're going to revisit and do the next part. Yep. Okay, I think we'll. Uh, I think we can call that a night. Hope everyone has enjoyed listening. Uh, big thanks to Marco for joining us and giving us a little bit of an education on uh, on all things Walking Dead. 
Hey, thank you for letting me talk about this because this I, I adore this thing and yeah. Mate, as soon as as soon as I thought about this concept and, and talked to Stu about it, I was like, right, we're doing the Walking Dead and Marco's coming on. So he did. I, he I he did. said it straight from day one. I, I promise oh, no. he's not just saying that to tickle your ass. You know, um, I know a lot of you do follow Marco. We're all big LFC fans, but if anyone wants to follow us on AI Comic Pod. Um, at AI Comic Pod, um, we're trying to grow our numbers. We really appreciate all the positive feedback and viewing numbers from the first Marvel Pod. So we'll hope you'll enjoy this as well. Yeah. So thanks everyone. Thanks from Rory and myself, and we'll uh, we'll see you toodaloo. decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.